Hey, we're going to jump into part three of our series called Near. And uh, how many of you guys have been enjoying this series here so far? Amen. It's been so good. We had John Hazeltine with us last week. How many of you guys enjoyed John's message? Isn't he excellent? John's a dear friend from Grand Rapids, pastor of New Life Church over there. So love when he's able to come in town and be with us. I was in the UK last week and uh, ministering and uh, all up and around Manchester. So I had three different locations I was in. And man, God is doing amazing things in the UK right now. You guys, I mean, the church there is coming alive. Man, it's exciting. Come on. It's something to get excited about. So we just send blessings right now to Liberty Church. Come on, in Jesus' name, bless Liberty Church, Lord. We bless Passion for Jesus Ministries. Come on, you guys be praying for these people. And, uh, and then also New Life Church and Ashton. God, we just bless these leaders, these churches, Father. We bless the fire, Lord, that they're carrying right now for transformation and breakthrough in cities. God, we bless them in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. But I just had a riot traveling around and, and uh, just fanning the flames of reformation. Amen. And, uh, you know, we're a church that's passionate about personal revival that leads to societal reformation. You know, revivals for me that then I would go out and reform the world around me. Amen. And, uh, and how many know that your spirit's alive unto God and dead unto sin? Amen. We're fully alive. We get to be fully connected, fully aware. We have full access, amen, to who he is and what he wants to do and say. And so, uh, man, we're just going out, bringing people into personal encounters with Jesus, that they would go into all the world, come on somebody, and preach the gospel and really see everyone look like Jesus. Isn't that good news, amen? And, uh, you, know, I, you know, sometimes I like to remind us about this. You know, if it's such good news, does our face look like it? You know, sometimes we need to ask ourselves that question. You know, sometimes we need to remind our face, face, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Come on. Come on. <laughs> some of you need some grease in your laughter right now. It's a little rusty. <laughs> Come on. I said the joy of the Lord is our strength, which means if you're feeling weak, you might be missing... Some joy. Come on. <laughs> I've, I've, for some, we're a house full of joy, and I feel tension right now on that statement. Uh, that, that, the good kind of tension. The, the convicting kind of like, hey, I don't, am, I, am I really happy? Is it, am I feeling strong right now? Come on, somebody. How many know the joy of the Lord is our strength? It's good news, a great joy. You're not alone. You're not the winner. You're the victor. Come on, somebody. You're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. Come on. What the Lord establishes, it remains forever. Come on, somebody. How many know that we're the victors? Come on. I need a big amen on that. You know, I mean, I mean hope is the expectation of good in our future. Anxiety is just hope in reverse. You know, some of us who haven't exercised our laughter in a while, we've been exercising our anxiety, which is the fearful expectation that everything's going to come crashing to an end in my future. Come on. The enemy loves it. The enemy loves it when we partner with fear, when we partner with disappointment. Come on. Anyone been disappointed before? I've been disappointed. But we get to make a choice about what we expect in our future, even in the midst of our circumstance. 
Come on, I love how Bill, you know, Billy Joe says, that's Bill Johnson. Billy Joe says, you know, if you want peace, you have to give yourself permission to not understand. Come on, how many? Because it's peace that passes understanding. And so if you want peace that passes understanding, you have to give up your right to understand. There's some people in the room right now who've been searching for answers, and but because you've elevated the answer over the person. Come on, somebody. I said when you elevate the answer, the searching of the answer over the searching of the person, you're going to have some anxiety. Come on, you're going to have some worry. You're going to have some fear. I just feel like the Lord, I mean, that's, that's for somebody right now. How many are in the room, you're like, I need a little more joy in my life. You just want to be, do we just stand up real quick? And uh, come on, just like, I, I, want, I want an increase of joy. Father, I just release uh, an increase of joy right now in the room. You can go ahead and smile right now. You have permission. Come on, some of you need to practice a little bit. Ha, ha, ha. Father, I thank you for joy unspeakable and full of glory. Uh, encounters of hope. Uh, encounters of breakthrough. Uh, come on, we declare the finished work of Jesus Christ. Uh, grace upon grace upon grace. Uh, we have more than enough in your presence. Uh, so we say more of it right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name, Father, we declare just breakthrough this week, Father, in our circumstance. Lord, we declare the joys in your presence. We choose to go above our circumstance. We choose to go above the news. We choose to go above our, our situations, and we choose joy in Jesus' name. Yeah, joy. Joy, 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 joy in the Lord. Unspeakable joy and full of glory. We say yes. <laughs> yes. We say yes. Come on, spray that WD in your laughter right now. Come on. Ha ha ha. <laughs> yeah, joy. Thank you, Lord, for freedom. Thank you, Lord, for love. Come on, in Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Look at your neighbor say, ha, 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 then sit down if you can. <laughs> How many are thankful that seriousness is not a fruit of the Spirit? You're not more anointed the more serious you are. Come on, God doesn't hear you more if you cry. Come on. Your prayers don't get answered if your face looks like you're constipated. Come on. You're not more anointed the louder you shout. Come on. Come on, you're anointed when you know whose presence you're in. Come on, you get happy when you know who's right behind you, who's right in front of you, who's to your left and to your right. You get happy when you realize that the love of God says he will not fail you. Come on, that's something to get happy about. Woo! <laughs> oh, man, I feel like there's just a need for some childlikeness in the room. You know, if you're happy and you know it, say amen. If you're happy and you know it, say amen. amen. 
If you're happy and you know it, then your face will surely show it. If you're happy and you know it, say amen. Come on. Man, kids have all the fun, don't they? You know, they're laughing all the time. You know, I think it's like, you know, I forget how many laughs a child has per day, but it's in the multiple thousands, they say, that they smile a day and, and have a good laugh. And adults, we're like boring and serious all the time. You know, laughter is like medicine. It's good for the body, isn't it? Come on, we need to laugh a little more. We need to laugh a little more. It's like good medicine. We'll, we'll have to post this, post this online. Tony, remember that? Uh, who, what's that pastor's name? The, the, the good medicine. Oh, yeah. you, you remember that? We haven't listened to that in a while. We should, there's this, we'll just post it this week. Be looking for it. Get, get online and, and, and you'll get some breakthrough, you know? And uh, the good medicine post. Look for that one this week. It'll be fun. And uh, how many are thankful that when Jesus said the kingdom is near you, he wasn't just saying it was making a visit. He was saying, hey, it's coming to dwell inside of you. Amen. How many know that the kingdom of God is uncomfortably close? That's it. It's uncomfortably close. You know, the beautiful thing about the story of, of God and, and, and him having a son and, and him becoming the king of kings and, and then redeeming the whole world and bringing us in as a new creation. And the, the whole story is that God's been getting more and more close. You know, he, he went from something that speaks to all of a sudden showing himself in a bush to showing himself in the sky to all of a sudden dwelling in a temple and then he manifests, manifests as Emmanuel, God with us. Now he's a human. He's pretty close right now, isn't he, as Jesus? Disciples are pretty excited about that. And Jesus is saying, I'm going to go away. And they're like, why are you going to go away? Why are you going to go far away from us again? He's like, oh, no, I'd like to get uncomfortably close. You see, because I'm going to send my Holy Spirit, and it's going to dwell inside of you. Come on, somebody. Come on. How many know that he's been getting closer and more kind over time? And so when we're talking about this idea of near, we're talking about the, the, the habitation, the reality that he's setting up shop inside of who I am. Come on, I'm not a problem. Come on, I said I'm not a problem. Come on, you're not in the way of the plan of God, you are the plan of God. I mean, I'm going to say this till I, till I die, because we all need to be reminded, just like joy. But I'm not in the way of the, God's not trying to work despite me. God's trying to work through me. The kingdom of God is not an exit strategy. The kingdom of God is an entrance strategy. It's about heaven coming to earth trying to get in me. Come on. I'm not trying to get Jesus. Jesus is trying to get inside of here. Trying to renew my mind. And so we're, we're one thought away from transformation. Romans 12 says that. Transformation comes through the renewing of my mind. Jesus didn't want your heart. He wanted you to think like him. He wanted you to be like him. Come on. And so, and so we're, we're in this journey of realizing that, you know, Jesus was saying, hey, the kingdom of heaven has come near you today, and the way that you're going to continue to manifest that is by my spirit, says the Lord. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. And so... And so in, 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 book of, uh, in the book of Luke chapter 10, we see Jesus is sending out the disciples and, and he's saying, hey, you're going to do signs, wonders, and miracles. You're going to cast out demons. You're going to raise the dead and bring the message that the kingdom is near you or is at hand. This is the message of the good news is that God is forever close. 
and that we get to be renewed. We get to be a new creation. Come on, the former things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. Amen. And so today I just want to spend a few moments with you talking about um, uh, four key fundamentals of the kingdom being near you. All right. Four key fundamentals of the kingdom being near to you. And, and what are the things that we're all in pursuit of is our purpose, right? You know, a lot of people say, hey, Drew, I want to know what my purpose is. I'm trying to find out what's important in my life. Or I'm trying to find out what God has called me to. And, uh, and how many know sometimes we can be more distracted by what we think, um, how we're supposed to be affirmed than actually establishing kind of the, the, the core idea of the kingdom of heaven on earth. Sometimes we can be distracted by titles that we're seeking after or positions of affirmation or, 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 or functional things rather than realizing as a son, I already have a job to do. As a daughter of the king, I've already got a job to do. Come on. As the bride of Christ, I've already got a job to do. As a new creation, um, uh, you know, uh, established in the earth, I've already got a job to do, and that's to bring heaven to earth. You know, you can, you can paraphrase the Bible as much as you want to. You can figure out, you know, the message of love, all these different things. But in the end, all of these mechanisms are to demonstrate the culture of heaven here on the earth. If there's a why for, a, for the kingdom believer, if there's a why for the new creation, it's to establish heaven on earth. That's our motivator. That's our key motivator. And so when we're, when we're pursuing purpose, many times religious structures and circles, they push us into moments where we're trying to attain the next position, maybe within whatever spiritual structure we honor the most. You know, and, and, and some structures it's, I want to get on the deacon board, and, and in other structures it's, you know, I just want to open up the service, and in other structures it's, you know, I want to get on the board of directors, and in other structures I need the title of pastor, you know. And, uh, you know, and some of you are an evangelist, but you just want to be a pastor so bad you become the, the evangelist pastor. Because you can't just be an evangelist. You've got to have the word pastor in there so you're really anointed. Come on. And some of you would never, you don't have an ounce of pastoring in your, in your body. But to be anointed, you feel like you've got to have that title in there. Some of you are prophets or you're highly prophetic. And so you, you think if I could just be the, the prophetic pastor, then I'd really be anointed. Prophets are the worst pastors ever. They're terrible. If you're not a pastor, stop trying to be one. Come on, somebody. Be who God's asked you to be. Be who God's invited you to become. And the truth is, is that we get a lot of options about how to express that, don't we? How many know that why is way more important than what? Some of you are trying to find out what your what is, and you're talking about your purpose, and God, what am I supposed to do? You know, and God, am I supposed to be a missionary to Hawaii? Lord, I'm interceding right now. Lord, am I supposed to be a missionary to Hawaii? You know? It's like, any of you guys follow Matt Gonzalez online? He, he was a guy, a prophetic trainer was here with us. He was in the Cayman Islands ministering recently. I'm like, here I am, Lord, send me, you know? I mean, Lord, am I supposed to go do a prophetic conference in the Cayman Islands? Lord, I just need to know, what am I supposed to do? And when we're so focused on what, we, we lose out on the empowering peace of the kingdom that God was more concerned about his culture being demonstrated while you're going rather than what you're exactly going to do. Come on. 
And so when, when, when Jesus is bringing this message of the kingdom is near to you, it wasn't about, hey, now you get to do this thing and stop doing these things. It's more about, hey, now that you realize the kingdom is in you, as you're going, begin to demonstrate it everywhere that you go. Some of you are authors. Some of you are business owners. Some of you are teachers. And, and, and these are what's? These are, these are vehicles, right, designed to carry the presence of God. They're, they're missions that as we walk out and, and as we're doing it, what God's concerned with is, did we heal the, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cast out some demons while we were doing it? Did heaven come to earth while I was going to the Cayman Islands? Yes, Lord. Come on. There's a lot of freedom in that. And so what's exciting is that we've been empowered Come on, to bring the kingdom of heaven, and there's a lot of freedom in our sonship to manage what that looks like. God trusts you way more than you trust you. God trusts you way more than you trust the person sitting next to you. Ha, ha, ha. Come on. Come on. If he can trust Peter, he can trust you. I mean, could you imagine your best friend in your greatest moment of affliction denying that they even know you? And then 50 days later, you usher in the greatest revival of the new creation at the authorship of the church. 3,000 people get saved because you preach. I said, church, God trusts you more than you trust you. <laughs> King David. Man, we love reading about King David, but we'd never go to his church. Right? I mean, he's a fornicating, murdering, dirty word, cuss him out, feel bad. Oh, my gosh, another pastor failed. Moral, moral failure. We can't go to King David's church. But we'd watch his reality television show, wouldn't we? I mean, like Netflix till 3 a.m. Next, next, next. Oh, this one's juicy. This is where Beersheba comes in. Shut the kids' eyes. I mean, right? This is like made for reality television. And, th and then we like, and then we think about ourselves and we disqualify ourselves. And we think that God can't work with me. And then we read the Bible and live in some fantasy world. Come on, somebody. God's been wor working with broken people since the beginning of time. Come on. That's why he gave his son Jesus, uh, that we can be free from sin. Come on, somebody. That we can walk in his redemption. You're fully qualified. You're fully ready to be Jesus in the earth right now when you receive his love. Come on, somebody. Come on. Look at your neighbor and say, you're bigger on the inside than you are on the outside. I mean, I mean, I mean, you guys have heard me say it, but I mean, toddlers should be the most depressed people in the world. I mean, they're trying to learn how to walk, and all they do is fall down. They fail over and over and over again. They're trying to talk. They fail over and over and over again. They're trying to pour the milk, and they fail over and over. I mean, they should be the most depressed people in the world. But do you realize that they are, you are hardwired to believe that you can do whatever your father is doing? And it's only shame and fear that sets in and you partner with that begins to make you believe that you can no longer try. 
Come on, why does that baby get back up? Because I see what my father's doing. Come on, look at your neighbor real quick and say, you look just like your dad. You look just like your dad. I mean, just like him. Oh, my God, you got his laugh. Oh, my gosh, you laugh just like your dad. <laughs> Come on. It's true. I love the Christ in you. It's full of glory. I said it's full of glory. Come on, somebody. We need to begin to honor the new mind, new heart, and new spirit in our brother and sister, don't we? Come on, we got to honor the Jesus that's inside of one another. Pull out the gold that's inside of one another. Trust the Jesus that's inside of one another. Come on, our default position is yes in Jesus' name, isn't it? If God can use a donkey, hee-haw. I mean, I'm just talking about the Bible, that's all. Don't be a half donkey, be a full donkey. Don't half donkey your way into this thing. Come on, somebody. If he can use a donkey, he can use me. Come on, somebody. There's empowerment in the kingdom of God. It says, come on, we're going we're gonna to use the Bible. Come on. I'm getting distracted. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It says, this is about power being near you. When we're saying near, we're saying uncomfortably close, all right? It says, but you shall receive when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria to the end of the earth. But you receive what? Power. We got any Pentecostal preachers in the house tonight? Someone give me a power. Come on. It's just fun to do it. You're not more anointed. It's just fun. That's all. And then people get a, you know, a spit shower on the front row or whatever, you know. You shall receive power. Let's talk about this word power. This word power is amazing. It's the Greek word dunamis. Someone say dunamis. It means physical power, force, might, ability, um, efficacy, energy, meaning. I mean, there's something is moving and shaking when there's dunamis that's present. Come on. This is what is living inside of you. It's dunamis. This isn't just near you. It's uncomfortably close. There is power inside of you to move mountains. Come on, somebody. There's power inside of you to raise the dead. There's power inside of you to forgive your worst enemy. Come on. There's power inside of you to celebrate your co-worker's promotion. I said there's power inside of you to raise a godly seed. Come on. I said there's power inside of you to bring the kingdom of heaven into the earth. This is powerful. There's power, power, wonder work and power. In the blood of the Lamb, there is power, power, wonder-working power. In the precious. Let's do some gospel karaoke. You ready? <laughs> Sorry for everyone listening to the podcast. I think I changed key three times. Amen. All right. Someone say power. 
There's four key areas of the kingdom, fundamental areas of the kingdom where you have power, okay? And these four areas are essential for us to really bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. And I really believe that there's all these distractions, and there's distractions in our purpose, distractions in our relationships, distractions in our own qualification where we have been, we've not been doing these four fundamentals. And I I tell you this, if you begin to exercise faith behind behind the power of these four areas, it's going to transform form your life because how many know the kingdom works doesn't it all right first one we're going to go to is power unto salvation someone say salvation salvation Romans chapter 1 verse 16 for I am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power someone say the power of God for salvation to who everyone who believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek all right, you know, I am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God. It is for everyone. How many know that when you receive the good news, you receive the power of the good news? Come on, when you receive the good news that you're a new creation, come on, when you receive the good news that you're set free, when you receive the good news that something good is about to happen, come on, there's something amazing that begins to happen. You know, we talk about around here the idea of salvation, sozo is the Greek word, to be saved, healed, delivered, or rescued. It's this beautiful word, and there's ministry now behind it, and, and people are rallying around this deeper revelation of what's possible when I'm saved, healed, delivered, and rescued. You know, some of us have just thought that because I prayed the prayer, I had eternal fire insurance, and I'm all set. How many know we want, we want, we want an abundant life, a whole life in this life, Amen. What does it look like for me to be saved, body, soul, and spirit? We've been real concerned with the soul, but Jesus never said that he's soul hunting. (laughs) How many know that Jesus didn't ask anyone how many souls they've won? That's not a question that's important to Jesus. If it's not important to Jesus, we should probably understand where's the priority that in, in us. Well, you see, I believe we're missing out on the whole person. That's why. Because it's body, soul, and spirit, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Repent, be baptized, be filled. How many of God works in threes? All these areas are in parallel. When you encounter God and you encounter Jesus and Holy Spirit, these bring freedom into your body, soul, and spirit. And so when you encounter them in their trinity, they have these individual experiences that are so beautiful that bring us into the oneness of who he is. And, uh, and, and so we get to live in the abundant life in this life. Amen. I'm a new creation in this life, amen? I get to bring heaven into the earth in this life, amen? And so what does it look like for me to put a little bit of weight on the bar to say, hey, I believe in the full salvation of the body of Christ. I'm not just hanging out here with a broken heart. I'm not just hanging out here with a broken body. I'm not just hanging out here with a dead spirit. No, all these things get to be alive unto God. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Tasha, there's such an anointing on you, sister. I just feel like there's just an increase of wholeness that's, uh, that you've experienced, that God's just going to continue to open up new encounters. Uh, I just see people come into your home for a cup of coffee, some tea, or, a, or, or whatever hot, tasty hot beverage, and they just sit there, and there's just, in the presence of God, people just begin to get restored. I just see families being restored, mothers being encouraged, breaking off shame off of moms about their experiences, and just bringing hope into their lives. We just bless you right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That people would begin to encounter that salvation, that abundant living. We declare freedom in Jesus' mighty name. 
Jesus' mighty name. Shut your hands towards Tasha right now, everybody. We bless her right now in Jesus' name. Come on, we just bless her. We bless her. Strength, rejuvenation. You have everything that you need. Promotion, promotion, promotions coming to your house. We bless her right now in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, we bless the spiritual mom inside of her. <laughs> She's a mom to many in Jesus' mighty name. Someone say amen. Amen. Someone say, I got the power. And we got, number one, we got the power unto salvation. Number two is that we got the power unto signs, wonders, and miracles. You can't hang out around here at Gen 1 and not hear a testimony. I mean, Carrie's sharing these healing rooms. You guys, you got to go. You got to go. You're like, well, I feel pretty good. You should go anyways. I mean, just go for a checkup. It's kind of like a spiritual physical, you know. Go in there and get, get everything sorted out. You know, some of you need to go get a sozo. I call it, you know, um, spiritual detoxing. Some of you got some cobwebs in the corners. You got some lies you've been believing. From that hurt you had nine months ago, you didn't even realize you started carrying it forward with you. You know, but we, we really believe that God's, he's a God of miracles. Signs, wonders, and miracles. And the Bible it says, Matthew 16, and these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. Say that again. In my name, they will cast out demons. They'll speak in new tongues. They'll pick up serpents with their hands. Let's start that church. And any takers? Any takers? No? All right. I, I, actually, I've been to that church before in Kentucky. And if they, <laughs> I have actually. And if they drink, and when I was a kid, any deadly poison, it will not hurt them, for they will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. Come on, someone say, I got the power. Come on, you got the power of salvation, and you have power under signs, wonders, and miracles. And these signs will accompany those who what? Believe. Just believe. That's all you got to do. Come on. I said you're bigger on the inside than you are on the outside. Come on, somebody. I said there's power inside of you in his spirit to do great exploits in the earth. Come on, this is normal for those who believe. Some of you are like, well... Drew, <laughs> I think I believe. Come on, how, how many of us sometimes we get, we get caught in, in our moments where, where our, our experience isn't matching our beliefs? Anyone ever been there before? I think we've all been there before. How many of us are all in a journey of manifesting heaven more today than we did yesterday? Come on, in our awareness, we're disciplining ourselves to continually be aware of who he is and what he's saying rather than what's happening in our circumstances. And so while, you know, we are pursuing heaven and our position is heaven now, the truth is, is that we are in process of that manifestation. But it's in our faith that we manifest more of heaven today than we did yesterday. Come on, somebody. And so, you know what, I mean, as I begin to change my default position, you know, my old default position used to be, it's probably me, but it might be God. And then I shifted to Dan McCollum, spoke 10 years ago, I heard him say this, and it just rocked my world, and I made the choice to make my new default position that it's probably God, but it might be me. And I tell you what, I've seen more people encounter the Lord, be healed, be transformed in the last 10 years of my ministry than I did the 30 years before that when I was walking the earth. And I've been serving Jesus all my life. Come on, just in that default position change of saying God is willing and he wants to do something right now. And so I don't have, I'm not responsible for the miracle. I'm just responsible to be willing. 
Come on, I'm not responsible for the prophetic word. I'm responsible. Well, you are responsible for the prophetic word. <laughs> but, you know, I'm just responsible to listen. And then steward the word and release it, right? But the first part is to say, God, I believe you speak. I'm willing to listen. That's where it all starts. You should come to our prophetic training and, and, and hear what we actually believe. So, so you realize you are actually responsible for the prophetic words you give. All right. You know what I'm saying, though. In my name. We know that in the name of Jesus is where all power and authority is, isn't there? It's in the name of Jesus that we find that. And so we've been given the power. Someone say, I got the power. All right. The next place we're going to talk about is power to create wealth. Someone say, create wealth. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18, it says, But you shall remember with profound respect the Lord your God, for it is he who is giving you power. Someone say power. To make wealth that he may confirm his covenant, which he swore, solemnly promised. This is the Amplified Bible. To your fathers as it is this day. Someone say, I got the power. This one will step on every religious spirit that you have. Come on, because we're a little scared of money because we haven't known what to do with it. We're a little scared of money because we've had a weird understanding of the will of God, thinking that if I'm going to encounter wealth, it's going to be because God handed it to me. Meaning, I didn't plant and I didn't water, but I received a harvest. Come on. Some of you have been praying for the Lord to send you bread and he gave you seed instead. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Some of you have been asking the Lord for bread and he gave you seed and you didn't know what to do with it. And then you were mad at God that he didn't provide for you. But what, what we begin to realize is that when we've been given seed, we have the chance to steward an inheritance. We have, a, we have an opportunity where we've been invited into multiplication and legacy that's much greater than the moment of me having bread in this moment. That's why David talked about sowing in tears, right? Why does someone sow in tears? It's because they don't want to eat themselves into poverty. When you have a famine and you have a harvest, you have a lower yield, which means you have to, you have, to have seed to sell, seed to eat, and seed to sow. So in a famine year... Which one of those has to go away? You eat a little bit less, and you try to sell as much as you can, and you protect the seed to sow your fields the next year. How many know that if you eat your seed, all of your seed, you'll, you'll eat yourself into poverty the next year? And so the, those that sow in tears are those in their, in, their, in their wisdom are saying, God, I know that you're going to provide. You've given me the seed, and I'm going to multiply the inheritance of the land that you've given me. The Bible says here that you've been given the power to create wealth. Not that just the power to receive it or the power to know what to do with it. You've been given the power to create wealth. This is in your DNA. God made you this way. He's given you the power as his son and as his daughter. And it's time for us to accept responsibility for this fact and know that it's true. You've been given the power to create wealth. You've been given the power to, to, uh, to, to self-manage. You've been given the power. We live in the most free country in the world when it comes to financial management. 
I mean, some of you guys, you know, there's all kinds of conversations going on about capitalism, and it's not a perfect system, but I believe it's the most generous, most charitable system of human money management that the world has ever seen. Because of capitalism, we've eradicated 50% of the world's poverty in the last 35 years. This is free markets generating so much money that they're able to give it away. Come on, somebody. This isn't governments giving away. This is people giving it away. Governments are also involved. But, you know, free markets are, have changed the world in the last couple hundred years. Praise God for that system. You know, and, and so we need to realize that we've been given the freedom to create wealth, which means it's not just for, for me, it's for those that are around me. We've been giving it to Stewart to instigate new ecosystems that would create more jobs, that would create more prosperity, that would sow into new people's dreams and sow into new businesses and create an economy that would thrive. Come on, somebody. There's a shift that's happening in the body of Christ, and we're realizing that we have this opportunity, and it's changing the landscape of impact in the church because it's expensive to change the world. I said it's expensive to change the world. It takes millions of dollars to change the world. Hundreds of millions of dollars. <laughs> Come on. And so many of us talk about the change. Many of us are, are, are dissatisfied with the way things currently are going. And then there's a few, a small group of people and they've, they've chosen that they're just going to complain about it on Facebook. Come on, somebody. So we have choices to make here, don't we? We are fully powerful to instigate change. Come on, to stand up for the voiceless. Come on, somebody. Come on, to bring reformation into institutions. Come on, somebody. I tell you what, it doesn't matter what level of change you want to bring or what institution or what sphere you're called to. It takes a lot of money to make it go. And so you can either go beg for bread or you can create the wealth that it takes to be the change that you want to be. You don't gain the anointing for things that you're not willing to accept responsibility for. I said you don't gain the anointing for things you're not willing to accept responsibility for. There's a problem. There's a people group out there that are longing for redemption and they have problems to solve. And I tell you what, until you adopt someone, love them, and then solve their problems, accept responsibility, you're not going to see the breakthrough. Someone say, I got the power. That one got a little intense. We're going to shake that one off. And then receive it. Amen. All right, number four. We're going to move on. Number four. We got the power for wisdom. Someone say wisdom. wisdom. James chapter 1, verse 5. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. How does he give wisdom? How does he give wisdom? Generously. I tell you what, we've been given power unto salvation, power unto signs, wonders, and miracles, power to create wealth, and we've been given power unto wisdom. These are four key fundamentals of the kingdom that the enemy longs for us to be distracted in so that we just look like disempowered people. The enemy is not concerned with a wimpy Christian. The enemy is not concerned with a Christian who believes the lie that they're disqualified. Come on, the enemy is not concerned with a Christian who believes they're trying to perform into right standing with God. Come on, somebody. But I tell you what, the enemy 
who sees a believer who knows who they are in Christ begins to shake and to tremble. <laughs> you know, I, I, I really enjoy giving the devil panic attacks. I mean, I love stressing the devil out. I mean, isn't it fun? You know, how many know that your greatest weapon of spiritual warfare is rest? Come on. We're not striving into victory. We're fighting from victory, which means we know that it's finished. And all we have to do is be faithful and walk out the process. We already know the end of the story. God is faithful and just. Come on. He finishes everything that he starts. And so God's inviting us into a reality of wisdom. That we would know how things begin to come together. This is the how piece. This is one of the ways that we've lacked also understanding because of a, of a weird interpretation of God's will. We've been so scared of missing the mark that we've, excuse me, we've failed to engage in strategy. This is part of that place where I've, I've been asking the Lord to teach me how to love him with my mind. How do you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? I really believe that there's a brilliance from heaven that's available over us as a church right now. Like, I really believe this. I, I believe that God is, he, he's just available to bring upgrades in how our brain works. Like some of you have, like, have had fog. It's almost like fog. There's been a cloudiness um, in, in, in your mind. And God's just relieving that. It's like the clouds are going away. It's almost like things are just going to begin to make sense. I've, I've been reading different types of books, books in the past that would have literally, I would have been, it would have, first of all, bored me half to death. And then secondly, it wouldn't have made sense to me. And now I'm reading these same books and they're just like the words are jumping off the pages. And things that are being reiterated for the sake of the reader, I don't need them to be reiterated anymore. Church, like it's, it's, a, it's a marked difference of what's happening in my life over the last year. Something is shifting. There's a brilliance of heaven that's, that's available. And I believe it's first founded in our identity. Because when you believe that God made you the right way the first time, all the mental gymnastics begin to fade. Come on, somebody. When you begin to realize who you are and who you have access to, you're no longer limited by your natural ability. You have access to supernatural ability. Come on, somebody. Anybody want a, a heavenly brain upgrade? Come on, I want it. I want to think like heaven. I want to think like God. I want to solve problems like God. I want to love like God. I want to get rid of assumptions like God. Come on. I want to tear down oppressive systems like God. I want to empower people like God. God, renew my mind. So, Lord, I ask for wisdom. I ask for wisdom because those who ask, Lord, you give generously. Oh, we ask for wisdom, God. Lord, we receive the power, Lord, unto wisdom. Lord, knowing that this is one of the, one of the gifts of your spirit. And so we just declare that that fruit or that gift would be activated right now in Jesus' mighty name. Through our request. Lord, we long for wisdom. We long for the kingdom of heaven to be established in the earth. And so we accept the responsibility to ask right now in Jesus' name. You have not because you ask not. So, Father, we ask for wisdom.
We ask for wisdom, divine understanding, strategies, visions, blueprints, the full reality of heaven. Hmm. You know, when you seek how, you might get a messenger. When you seek wisdom, you might get a messenger. I feel like there's like angelic appointments and visitations that are connected to seeking God in this way. You know, Mary asked the angel, he said, how are you going to do this? He said, Mary, you're going to have the Savior, the Son of, of God. He's going to come up, you know, you're, you're going to be the mother of the Savior of the world. And she says, how will you do this? And he says, it's going to be by my spirit. But how many know that by his spirit meant every step of the way she's going to know because his spirit's going to be present with her? Angelic visitations bring how? Angelic visitations bring blueprints. They bring courage to take your next step. They bring clarity encounters, if you will. And so, Father, right now, I just even release angelic assignments, Lord, as we accept responsibility for asking. Lord, we ask for wisdom. And so, Lord, we ask um, right now that you would bring it to us in whatever shape or form that you would deem uh, possible or appropriate. We just say yes right now in our spirits to all that you have for us in Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' mighty name. Wisdom encounters, brilliance encounters, clarity encounters. We want to think like heaven. We want to think like God. Renewed mind encounters. Uh, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed in the renewing of your mind that you may prove the acceptable and perfect will of God. We just say yes right now to this experience in Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' mighty name.